0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey Podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are in 1 Samuel 2. But before we jump in, I have, ironically, two announcements for us. Number one, new guided journals are here. If you've been following along in a journal, you are definitely out of pages. So we are putting that link in the episode description. And if you haven't been following along with a guided journal and you maybe are looking for some more resources to help you study or something to help you pay better attention, get less distracted, this could be it for you. So that link is in the episode description. Second announcement, if you are a young adult, that means you're in between the ages of 22 and 35. We have a special event coming up put on by the porch. It is launch weekend retreat, Labor Day weekend. It's like summer camp, but for adults, there's going to be excellent teaching. I think TA and Jenny Allen are going to be there. There's going to be games, a surprise concert. You don't want to miss it. And that registration link is in the episode description as well. But all of that said... I am here today with faithful Watermark member Julie Fowler. Hi. Julie, it is good to have you back. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for being here. Would you just give us an update? How's the family? What have y'all been doing this summer?
1: Great. Well, um, my husband and I have been married for 26 years. And Amazing. Got three teenagers, 19, 17, and 15. I'm trying to say that as long as possible because we <laughs> all birthdays. So um, fun. And yeah, we've just had a busy summer. I'm part of the Shiloh ministry, and we're super excited because we're working on new curriculum oh, um, for the fall. And so that's one of the things I've been busy doing this summer. So for those who don't know, what is Shiloh? Shiloh is Watermark's ministry for women and couples for um, infertility and miscarriage. Amazing. We will put the link for more information about Shiloh in the episode description as well. We got all
0: sorts of links yes, down there today, awesome. but it's great. I see we just jump right in Okay. to 1 Samuel 2, if that sounds good good with you. Uh, What observations did you make as you studied this text?
1: Okay. Well, I have heard of this show called Is It Cake? And I don't know if any of the listeners have seen this show, but it's where all these objects look real. Oh, yes. But one of them is cake. I've seen these clips. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one is cake and the rest are the real objects. And you have to figure out what is real and what is not real. And it just made me think of this text as For example, who is the priest, the real priest, Mm. and who is just kind of playing the role, almost like a fake priest? And then turning it up to myself, am I living like a true priest, a faithful Mm. priest? So that's kind of the context that I like looking at this because I feel like this whole chapter is a big contrast. Yes, Um, It's a contrast between Hannah and Eli's sons, and Mm. then it's also a contrast between Eli's sons and Samuel. But I would love to focus mainly on the contrast between Hannah and Eli's sons. Amazing. Let's do it. So what what do you see in Hannah? Well, I, because of my story being infertility, I've just always loved Hannah. Mm. And, you know, this is like her last this is the last time that she and her husband Elkanah are in the scriptures. And so um, it's really neat to look at it in depth. And I just found, I just hadn't really studied this chapter as Mm. much as I had the first chapter where she's dealing with infertility. So this was just a real gift to me to zero in on this chapter. Mm. And I just love that. And I'm so challenged by the fact that she's Giving an amazing song of praise for the first ten chapter for the first ten verses, coming off of surrendering hmm. Samuel, who she had prayed for. And she doesn't give this song of praise right after she gets Samuel. It's actually when she's giving him back. Hmm. And that's amazing to me. that is amazing, and one of the things I love, too, is just in her song. We can, or her prayer, we can just go through and see all the characteristics of God, and we can see that she knows the Lord. She says, My heart rejoices in the Lord, my mouth boasts, and she names a lot of character qualities of Him. She says, He's personal because she calls him mine. Mm -hmm. He's a deliverer. He's holy. She says, there's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There's no rock like our God. She talks about um, his omniscience, for the Lord is a God who knows. Um, He's a judge. It says, by him, deeds are weighted. And she talks later, the Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up, just showing his Mm -hmm. power and his strength. And I mean, what a testimony where she's, she's received something from the Lord. Samuel mm-hmm. after years and years and she gives them over and then instead of poor me or no I want him back or I fighting, waited so long for this Exactly. Um, and, and this is how you you know I've already been through enough. I mean sometimes you yeah. know, I think gosh, you know haven't haven't,
0: haven't we, been, haven't we enough? been through enough
1: or whatever And yet she gives them over to the Lord and then her heart is full of praise mm. and testimony to who God is. So that is just so great, and um, one thing to note: the context where it's talking about he brings dead, he makes alive, he raises the poor mm-hmm. from the dust, and seats them with princes. And, and even even the the, cha- the verse in where it says she was barren. Um, and now she has many children, hmm. these are these are testimonies to what God's like. It's not saying these are promises. He doesn't right. promise every barren woman child a child. He doesn't promise to make every poor person a prince. Because <laughs> right. um, those can be taken out of context. Sure. Um, and they've actually been given to me out of context um, when I was barren. And so I think it's really important to say she's testifying to God's character. This is the kind of God we serve, and she's just trying to give praise to him. What would you say to any— any couple listening right now who's in the
0: midst of struggling with barrenness, and and maybe they've wrongly been given this counsel that this is a a promise, what encouragement would you leave them with in that that struggle?
1: Well, I love with Hannah a couple things. In chapter one, how she goes to him and she's real about Mm -hmm. her feelings. And you can be real with God. So she wasn't always praising; she was also crying out, hmm. and we can do both. So, crying out to God and going to Him with your honest feelings, and then also going to His character, which she does in this part. In this chapter. Um, going to and going to His character is where we can go. Okay, God's up to something, and even if I don't know what He's promising or what's the next chapter, I can trust Him. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I love that about easier her. said than done. E, uh, absolutely, and and that's why I love. You know, she had community around her, mm-hmm. um, and we so much encourage community around yes. any trial that we're going through, right? Right, Um Because it's hard. It's And and when we can't see God's character, we can have other people reminding us. And I had to do that at times. I had to say, remind me what's true. Remind me of true, c- truth because I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it right now. Um, And in contrast— Yes, okay, let's so, go there. So Hannah, you know, she received from the Lord— She gave it back and was Mm -hmm. praising. In contrast, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they were in this priestly household. They had a role to play, and they were actually provided for with what they were given as part of the sacrifices. Right, because they were priests. Mm -hmm. And so they were supposed to take a certain part that was for them. God says, this is your part, but then I'm going to have this part, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have all of the fat— and I'm going to have—these um, sacrifices are just for me. right? But they were already switching that out and changing it by saying, we're putting the fork in and we're going to get out whatever we want. And then they went even beyond that of saying, no, don't even boil it. We're taking it now. And if you don't, we want it raw. And then not only did they want meat that didn't belong to them and fat that didn't belong to them, they wanted women right. that did belong Right, that's verse 22. <laughs> yeah. He kept hearing that his sons were going crazy. Yeah. I mean, so they just kept wanting— what wasn't theirs mm-hmm. and what was provided they were like no, we don't we I don't, don't want that. I don't want that and I was challenged with that of what has God given me what has been it, we're like um in verse 29 it says why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling hmm. why do you scorn what I've given you or want more or want what she has instead of what I've given you and so that was a challenge to me personally mm-hmm. and they were given a couple warnings, like even by the, um, the the people who were dealing with the sacrifices. They were like, "Hey, no, wait, wait a little bit," and they're like, "No, we'll take it if you won't give it." And then Eli scolded them, and they still they still did what was Did wrong. not. And so then God's like, "That's it. There's no more chances." Mm-hmm. And God gives us lots of chances, but there will be a last chance. And they didn't repent. We've been told that we're faithful priests in First Peter two nine, says, you are a chosen people, and it's talking about us. We are a chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that we may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. We get to be the royal priesthood that, like Hannah did, mm-hmm. we can testify to God's goodness, we can receive what He's given us and testify and point other people to Christ, or— we can disregard it, say it's not enough, and want. Totally,
0: and sin against others. I know we're, we're out of time, but I want to let us go a couple minutes longer because that raises—for um, us as believers today, if I look at verse 25, there's this note about we can sin against man and we can sin against God. What do you do with that? We're the priesthood of believers, but just like Eli's sons, we too can make those bad choices. How do you understand this, this verse here? It, it reads, if someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can
1: intercede for him? I'm so glad you brought that verse up. I love that verse mm. because it sounds like a bad news verse mm-hmm. when you first read it. But who will intercede for him if he sins against God? Are you out of luck? I know. That's what it sounds like. Cause, but the reality is, is when we sin against in any way, we are sinning against God and um actually in, in Samuel in 1st Samuel 12 even Samuel says um far be it from me that i would sin against the lord by failing to pray for you mm-hmm. so even not praying for someone Um, Samuel saying, I would be sinning against the Lord. But it's saying like, oh, well, gosh, if we sin against the Lord, well, then who's going to help? Because God is also the judge. And if we sin against the judge, well, then there's no one to come rescue us. Right. But then we have the good news, which is so awesome. Um, Hebrews 7, 24. But because Jesus lives forever, he is a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So the answer here, who will intercede for them?
0: Well, it's Jesus. Thank goodness.
1: And great um, they, they had the opportunity to repent, but they didn't. So then the question is for me today is like, okay, so am I going to repent of the mm. things that I'm guilty of? And am I going to trust in Jesus for that intercession?
0: Yeah, that final payment that he made. That's good. We need that reminder every day. Yes, for our salvation, but continually as we fall short. Julie, great observations great demonstration, really, of good Bible study method with the compare and contrast. I love it. Thank you for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast?